It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Carolina Panthers finally showed some life in the passing game on Sunday in Seattle, but too many things went against them, resulting in yet another loss. We'll look at the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Carolina Panthers' 37-27 loss in Seattle right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where tomorrow on Wednesday, I'll be back once again answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions right here on the show, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now for tomorrow's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Carolina Panthers, through three weeks in the NFL season, are 0-3. Not ideal, not what you want. But maybe things can turn around starting this Sunday as they also face off against another 0-3 team, the Minnesota Vikings. Shall we call it an Adam Thielen revenge game? And that would be the hope as Adam Thielen and the passing game really showed some signs of life on Sunday afternoon in that loss in Seattle of Andy Dalton at the helm there. A quarterback, Bryce Young, hopefully will be back on Sunday, but that still remains to be seen as we'll wait to see whether he's out there on practice on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday leading up to the Week 4 game against the Minnesota Vikings at Bank of America State on Sunday afternoon here in Uptown Charlotte. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from Sunday's loss in Seattle against the Seahawks. Panthers, I thought, had an opportunity to win the football game, but injuries got in the way, and a one-dimensional offense also was a part of the loss and just making way too many mistakes. That really has cost Carolina Panthers, I think, twice now this season where they could be 2-1. and one. They certainly should have won the game in Atlanta had they not turned the football over. They could have won that game on Sunday in Seattle had they also not made some mistakes. But let's go ahead and talk about the positives, the good, the passing game. There was a lot of concern about the Carolina Panthers passing game as they were last in the NFL in passing yards through the first two weeks of the season. That turned around on Sunday, although with Andy Dalton as the quarterback throwing for 334 yards, a career-high 58 pass attempts, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark combined for 15 receptions on 25 targets for 231 yards and two touchdowns. That is exactly what you want from those two moving forward. Are those going to be the numbers every week for Adam Thielen and DJ Chark? Obviously not. We've already seen how it can be bad as DJ Chark didn't play week one and Adam Thielen only got two targets. Then we saw Adam Thielen really involved early on against the Saints. DJ Chark only getting one target officially in that game. Another one occurred on a pass interference, which does not officially count as a target. But to see him more involved on Sunday with 11 targets, only four receptions, but 86 yards. 
Two long passing, receiving plays, over 25-plus yards in that game. That's exactly why DJ Chark came to Carolina. That's why they brought him here to be able to stretch the field. You got to see a little bit of that on Sunday. Then you got to see Adam Thielen run some excellent routes, get better separation than he had the first two weeks of the season, and show you how he's still that veteran, Wiley, that Wiley veteran at 33 who can still go out there and help you you know, contend and compete in football games. So I really appreciate what I saw from the passing game. Thought Andy Dalton played his ass off. I still believe it's Bryce Young's job, and it's already been said as much by Dalton and the entire staff that whenever Bryce is healthy, it'll be his job. But it's good to know that when Andy Dalton goes in there, he does the job of a backup quarterback. Give your team an opportunity to win. And last yesterday's game, Sunday's game, whenever you listen to this, that was not on Andy Dalton. I thought he played well. So positive to finally see the passing game look competent as it did not look in the first two weeks of the season, although it could still get better in certain areas, which we get to momentarily. Uh, backup linebacker play. Shaq Thompson, uh, likely done for the season. Does not. This is not going to be a playoff team, so we should not see Shaq Thompson again until week one of the 2024 season. But I thought that Deion Jones, who filled in for Shaq as a starter, did a good job. Four tackles, had that interception, which is a big moment in the game where the Carolina Panthers, had they capitalized and scored a touchdown instead of settling for a field goal, maybe the result on Sunday afternoon is different. But Deion Jones making an immediate impact filling in there uh, for Shaq. I was surprised, though, that he was a starter after watching Monday night Kamu Gray Hill who was active, and Deion Jones, albeit was not active, on Monday against the Saints. I thought Camus came in and played really well uh, in spot in, the, in place of Shaq Thompson with eight tackles on Monday. Then he comes in on Sunday pretty much playing the second half and has 10 tackles, seven of those solo. And we had talked about this during training camp and heading into the season, even before Deion Jones did not make the initial 53-man roster, that inside linebacker was probably the deepest position group here on the Carolina Panthers roster as they had – Shaq and Frankie, who have been good players, and Frankie was awesome last year as a first-time full-time starter. Uh, Camus had started in Philadelphia last year in Houston. Deion Jones had started all those years in Atlanta. So you have four guys who have been proven starters in the NFL at that position at inside linebacker. So good to see Camus and uh, Deion Jones go out there and play well in place of the injured Shaq Thompson and Frankie Louva, who went out uh, after halftime with that hip issue. Etor Grossmatos was somebody I didn't think was going to make the roster when training camp started, and now he's kind of carved up a pretty good role for him so far. I thought he had an impact on the game on Sunday. Three tackles, one tackle for loss, quarterback hit. He seemed to be in a lot of plays. Now, he only had three tackles, one TFL, as I just mentioned, but still just watching it, especially early on, he was pretty active, and that's a positive sign for the Carolina Panthers to get some good snaps and some good plays out of Etor Grossmato. So that's the good from the Carolina Panthers game against Seattle, the bad, the running game. Where was it, man? It was not effective at all. The Carolina Panthers rushed for 44 yards at three-point yards per carry. Not nearly good enough. Uh, 40 plays from uh, – and then Frank Reich talked about this. We'll get to more of what he had to say here momentarily. But he said that they had 40 plays uh, from late in the third quarter and from then on where they were down two scores. So when you're, of course, down multiple scores – in football, as we all know, you're not going to be running the game ball, especially when the clock doesn't stop, stop in the NFL. You're going to be trying to throw it around, especially when a quarterback like Andy Dalton is playing well like he did on Sunday. But even still, it did not feel like they were all that committed to running the ball on Sunday, on Monday against the Saints, and they probably didn't run it nearly as much as they should have week one against the Falcons. So they're not running the ball effectively and not really being all that dedicated to doing when the passing game has been bad two of the first three weeks of the season. They're also not stopping the run. They allowed 146 yards on, that's 4.4 yards per carry, to Seattle 
on Sunday. Ken Walker made him look silly a few times. A couple of those were brought back, but still he is excellent. And if you count, if you don't, you know, count the yardage, once you see all the kneel downs happen, the Panthers really gave 150 yards rushing and five yards per carry. So, so far through three weeks, they've given up 130, 134, and now 146, but really 150 yards rushing in their losses against the Falcons, the Saints, and the Seahawks must get better in the run game on offense and on defense. And they've allowed the fifth most rushing yards in the league so far. They're ranked 23rd in the league on yards per carry allowed at four and a half yards per carry. And Chuba Hubbard, too, has not been involved. Week one, nine carries for 60 yards. And the last two weeks combined, three carries for 18 yards. While Miles Sanders, through the first three weeks of the season, has 41 carries for 139 yards, 3.4 yards per carry. He has not been all that effective for the Carolina Panthers. Had that nice run for a first down on Sunday. But aside from that, have not seen all that much from Miles Sanders to understand why Chuba Hubbard, who looked good week one, is not getting more of an opportunity. Maybe Miles Sanders wasn't completely healthy week one. That's why Chuba got more of an opportunity. I don't know. But I'd like to see more out of Chuba Hubbard in the running game moving forward for the Carolina Panthers, especially if Miles Sanders is only going to give him 3.4 yards per carry. Offensive line play also has something to do with the Panthers' struggles, of course, running the football. Uh, tight end usage. Spent all all offseason talking about how with Hayden Hurst uh, being here with Tommy Trimble and Ian Thomas coming back in a, a new scheme that's actually going to focus on the tight end, that we'd see more of the tight end in the passing game. That really has not been the case the last two weeks after Hayden Hurst led the Panthers in receiving, had a touchdown week one in that loss against the Falcons. Second straight week that Hayden Hurst did not receive a target in the first half. Uh, didn't come until, I think, uh, late in the third quarter. He had one reception on three targets for 11 yards. Tommy Trimble did have a reception for uh, 15 yards, but that's his lone target of the game. Would like to see way more at a tight end usage. It was good to see your top two receivers and Chark and Thielen play well on Sunday and be heavily involved and heavily targeted. I would like to see the tight ends uh, get utilized a little bit more, especially Hayden Hurst, who's already shown he can be a factor for the Panthers. Second half defense wasn't great, but I think this really plays into the injuries, which we're going to get to here momentarily. Seahawks were 0 for 3 in the red zone in the first half. Then they were 3 for 3 in the second half in the red zone. Scoring touchdowns, of course, at all those drives. Uh, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, punt, touchdown, end of game. That was the drive chart for the Seahawks in the second half. So the second half defense really fell apart there for the Carolina Panthers. Kind of similar to Monday against the Saints. We've seen this play out where the Panthers are on the field a lot. Offense doesn't do much to help them. And they go out there and the dam kind of breaks. The time of possession battle really wasn't that bad uh, on Sunday's game. It's just the offense was not capitalizing and scoring touchdowns and really keeping the pace with, with Seattle once the Seahawks were able to figure things out after halftime and really capitalize against a defense that was banged up and having to throw out multiple guys that really are not <laughs> expected to play a ton of snaps as starters this, this season. Uh, the ugly. Penalties, man. Uh, through three weeks, Panthers are the most penalized team in the NFL with 28 penalties. Uh, and as you can tell, almost half of those – occurred on Sunday in that loss. Frank Wright called it pathetic. I agree with him. 13 penalties for 82 yards. Eight of them false starts. Four from Mickey Aquano. Two from Taylor Moten. I get it. The tackles. They're the furthest from the quarterback. But communication, they work on that all week long. They're professionals. This is not the first time that Taylor Moten has been in this environment. This is not the first time that Mickey Aquano as a second-year player, that he's been in this environment. The Carolina Panthers must do better. They didn't have these issues last year in Seattle, and they also took the crowd out of the game, but they did not have these issues last year, so it's unacceptable. It comes down to discipline. It comes down to coaching. That cannot happen. And overall as well, going along with the penalties, what was also ugly was the offensive line play. 
Through three weeks, the O-line has not been good. And that's a product of injuries. When you're starting right guard, Austin Corbett is on the pup list, and we're not sure when he's going to come back. You have to throw in guys like Cade Mays, like Calvin Throckmorton, like Chandler Zavala, who have struggled so far throughout the first three weeks of the season. And also, when you lose Brady Christensen, now you have two of your starting guards that are out for the time being. That's not going to help a unit that was really solid last year. It does not help either when players who had a good season last season, like Iki Aquanu, are having four false starts. They're giving up sacks and pressures and quarterback hits, and that has been the case. As looking at pro football focus right now, which, again, not the gospel. It's only one measure to look at how players are performing, but Iki Aquanu so far through three weeks has a 48.4 overall PFF grade. That is unacceptable from a player that you took in the top 10 last year who after the first couple weeks of the season was nails that is not acceptable. The preseason was concerning. I told y'all, okay, it's only preseason. I'm going to take the bigger sample size and see what we saw from last year and really take more of that. But now after watching the preseason, the first couple weeks of the season, especially the four fall starts on Sunday, yeah, I'm a little concerned about Ikea Kwanu. He's going to have to play much better because the Carolina Panthers can ill afford to have someone who they should be able to rely on at left tackle making the kind of mistakes and playing as poorly as he's played through the first three weeks of the season. It's not just him. Because I'm not really going to give Icky a pass. I'll give Chandler Zavala a pass in a way. Dude was a fourth-round pick. Yeah, the talk was he's going to come in and compete with Brady Christensen. But after watching him play, that was not going to be a competition had he not started off on PUP to start off training camp. Because he has a 27.6 grade, y'all, through three weeks. He has been awful. He's been one of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL. I don't pay for PFF, so I don't know if he actually is the worst O-lineman in the NFL right now. But you'd be pretty hard-pressed to find someone else who's played worse than Chandler Zavala through three weeks of the season. Again, rookie, it's going to be difficult to get there. It's not like he was a day-one pick like Iki Aquanu. He's been put in a tough situation. But the faith that they showed him so far, I'm kind of confused by. He was charged by PFF on Sunday's game with 14 pressures, and he had a zero pass blocking grade. A zero pass blocking grade. I remember there was a bull rush in that game where he was just getting thrown into Andy Dalton. And I want to say Andy was able to – that might have been the play where Miles Sanders was open on an underneath route on that third down where if he's able to get it on target and catch it, that's a huge play. And Chandler Zavala is in the lap of Andy Dalton because he's just getting blown up. He's been bad. The Panthers really need to reevaluate whether they can keep running with him with the ones at left guard. I know there's not a ton of options, but so far he has been a – terrible option for the Carolina Panthers in that position and then the last thing that was ugly injuries Frankie Louvu goes out goes out with that hip pointer Xavier Thomas goes out Xavier Woods rather goes out with that hamstring CJ Henderson with an ankle Jonathan Mingo with a concussion four more starters one pseudo starter with CJ Henderson is now a starter as long as JC Horn's out four more starters going out with injuries they continue to pile up for the Carolina Panthers in ugly performance with penalties offensive line plays and more play and more injuries on Sunday afternoon in a 37-27 loss against the Seattle Seahawks. Frank Reich, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, met with the media on Monday as he does following every single game that's played on a Sunday. I'll give you my takeaways and reactions to what he had to say on Monday afternoon here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician-formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients. They're drug-free, 
Patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners, that's you, $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U. T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code locked on NFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code locked on NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Panthers head coach Frank Reich met with the media on Monday afternoon following the Carolina Panthers' 37-27 loss there in Seattle. A little bit later than he usually does, but they were coming back from the West Coast. I was sitting here on Monday wondering, hmm, when's he going to speak? Then I remembered, oh, yeah, they probably did not get back until like 2 or 3 a.m. last night. So, yes, of course, Frank Reich's going to take some time to watch the film, then get in there and allow everyone to uh, understand what he has to say and of course, the media was also traveling back, and they probably had a far worse travel day because they had to probably maybe uh, – there's definitely direct flights from uh, SeaTac to Charlotte, but still, it's a little different than uh, being able to fly on your own team plane back to Charlotte. But either way, Frank Reich had a few things to say. I didn't really take too much of what we had to say on uh, Monday, but he did say that we know we have to get better in every area. Um, big, fat, duh, they do. And it was good to see the passing game. As I just mentioned, the uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly from Sunday's game. Like That's a positive, it, but they could still get better as far as tight end utilization. Uh, the offensively, they could do better in you know, protecting the quarterback and not allowing so many quarterback hits and pressures. And, of course, you know they could – Maybe run the football well. So, yeah, there are obviously areas they can get better. Now, that will be hampered by injuries, um, and that is now going to bring even more of a sense of urgency. And Frank Reich talked about how in training camp when it started, they talked about being intentional and urgent at the same time. He had said how, okay, we're going to play divisional opponents start the season at Atlanta, then home against New Orleans. There's going to be more of a sense of urgency. And I think it's difficult to have seen that at least from where I'm sitting and also where you're sitting and listening right now or watching. Uh, because in the preseason, really the most that we got to see him, unless you guys were out there checking out Panthers uh, training camp down in Spartanburg every day, it's not like you got much of a sense of that with the lack of reps from the first-team offense and an offense that came out and really struggled. Now, that was in part to the offensive line injury issues, a new scheme, the uh, the health of some of the wide receivers, and them not being out there in practice leading up to that week one game against Atlanta, even in week two leading up to New Orleans. Of course, having a rookie quarterback, and we saw the difference between a rookie and seeing what a veteran can do. Um, and Andy Dalton on Sunday, again, this is Bryce Young's job. Panthers gave up way too much, um, and he's going to sit back and get to watch this week, maybe even uh, last week, rather, and then he might have to watch again, watch again this week. So after two weeks, if he's healthy, then yeah, throw him out there maybe looks better and also just you know he's got to be able to build some continuity with these receivers and be able to be in environments like he was 
on Sunday uh, like they were. He was sitting there on the sideline or standing there like they were on Sunday against the Seahawks. Now, he's played in Knoxville. He's played at Auburn. He's played in all, all those crazy environments in the SEC. I understand Texas there a couple years ago, and that comeback win for Bama. So I, under, I get that. But still, on the NFL level with much better players, you would like to have him get the experience of playing against Seattle in that situation. And um, Jonathan Mingo. Uh, just quick injury kind of updates there. Jonathan Mingo's in concussion protocol. That's one of those things where it's different for everybody. We'll see uh, whether he'll be good to go. If he's not, looks like Terrace Marshall's probably their number three wide receiver and will be starting with Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. Going to get into some of the snap counts from Sunday and some thoughts from those here momentarily as well. Uh, Bryce Young continuing to work his way back. Uh, we'll see. Really won't know until Wednesday. Uh, when they're out in the practice field and you get really an official injury report leading into the week four matchup against Minnesota. If he's out there practicing, uh, whether he's limited or, of course, a full participant, that would give you more of an understanding whether he's going to play or not on Sunday, as we saw. Did not practice on Wednesday. Then once he was not practicing on Thursday, it was fairly clear right then and there that he was not going to play. And the Panthers did say on Thursday on their website that they were planning on not having Bryce Young play. And then it was confirmed on Friday afternoon when Frank Reich met with the media. So we'll see more on Wednesday if he's out there, whether he's going to play. And then no update on Frankie Louvu who has the hip issue, Xavier Woods with the hamstring, and C.J. Henderson with the ankle. All, of course, important losses. Looks like Greer Hill would be in there starting. And I think if Shaq's out, then Greer and Frankie's healthy. Greer Hill should be in there. I know he's playing a lot of snaps on special teams, but man, I mean, Deion Jones should be in there as well. But Gruyere Hill has been great so far for the Panthers in what they've asked him to do so far. Uh, Xavier Woods, if he's out, Sam Franklin played well, I thought, on Sunday. He'll be starting there at safety. Maybe get a chance to see some Jamie Robinson, who was inactive, I believe, for the second week in a row for the Carolina Panthers. And then with C.J. Henderson out, it's going to be Troy Hill. But after that... Yeah, there's really concerns there as far as the depth at that cornerback position. So quick update with those injuries from Monday, but more on Wednesday on what their real availability will be throughout the week and leading up to Sunday. Um, as far as the run game, Frank Reich did say that at the end of the day, we're committed to running the football, but I'm also committed to winning the game. And he felt like going into this, and we had one over the numbers, how Seattle was like ranked in the bottom like literally the bottom three teams in the league and all these statistical measures as far as total yards, as far as passing yardage. So the Panthers felt like they had an opportunity to exploit Seattle. And so Seattle also was down Jamal Adams. I saw today should be back for his season debut coming up on Sunday. So he's out. Uh, Reek Woolen's out after having an excellent rookie year. Kobe Bryant's out. They lose another secondary player there. So they have just not been healthy in the secondary. And if they're healthy, I don't even know how good of a secondary they are. So the Panthers felt like they could exploit it. And they did because the worst – the best pass performance they've had so far this season was against the Seattle Seahawks. Was that more Andy Dalton out there? Was it more playing Seattle? I, I don't really know. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Maybe Bryce Young has the same kind of day if he gets to play. We'll just never know what it would have looked like unless the Panthers get a chance to go to the playoffs and play in Seattle again. We just, we're not going to know what it was going to look like yeah, on Sunday had Bryce Young played. But they knew going in that they had a chance to gain some momentum with the passing game, and that's what they focused on. Now, he did say uh, that they have to have a little bit more success early on when running the football, and at some level you have to stick with the run. And as a play caller, he understands he's got to do that. And people were talking about how, okay, we need to switch play callers here in Carolina. That needs to be Thomas Brown. Frank Reich did mention that Thomas Brown got on the headset and told him, hey, we, let's try to get something going with the run game. Didn't get anything going with the run game. So Thomas Brown is involved. But, again, this is their offense combined. And they have the players 
that they're going to have, whether it's Frank Collins plays, Thomas Brown Collins plays. So there's only so much you can do. Although I would like to see them get Chuba Hubbard way more involved in the run game, considering the ineffectiveness of Miles Sanders so far, but also the offensive line probably plays a big role. And he pretty much summed this up at the end. Frank Reich did that. We're we're 3 we're not happy, he said. In fact, we're disgusted about it. Everything that we want is in front of us. The way to handle it is to take it one game at a time. When you do that, it's going to be hard. You can build uh, toughness and resilience sometimes by the slow start. And that's what we're hoping is the case. It's not just the slow start. It's the injuries that they've had to deal with that have also played a role in this 0-3 start here in Carolina. So, yes, I, it's true that everything is still in front of them. They still have 14 more games to play. Uh, history tells you when you start off 0-3, you're not going to be a playoff team. And I didn't think they were going to be a playoff team entering the year. I thought they would at least be in the playoff, in the hunt. And everyone is in the hunt. As long as you have a requisite record, you're not complete dog bleep uh, by time December rolls around. But I thought they would at least be in the hunt on those graphics on CBS and Fox and NBC and maybe even on ESPN. So, that does not look like the, that, that's going to be the case right now. But if they do win on Sunday, of course, they're one and three. They're not going to win to Miami. So if they can steal one on the road in Detroit, we're looking at two and four. And I've said now multiple times the last week or so, if you get to two and four, you have some winnable games after the bye. Hopefully you're healthier after the bye. Maybe Corbett's back. Bryce should be hopefully healthy. Maybe Horn. I don't know. Seems unlikely there. But still, you're probably in a better spot health-wise, and you've had more time to really get acclimated with each other. If you can get the two and four, you get the Texans, you get the Colts, you get the Bears. You have a chance to really right the ship there, but you got to be able to hold on and win at home on Sunday. If they don't, then yeah, I mean, kind of pack things in. It's probably over, but still, Frank Reich said that, yeah, I've been one and five in the playoffs before. I do not recommend the Carolina Panthers go into the bye at one and five. I do not recommend that. And even if they did, they would have some games right after that where they would have a chance to win, and maybe they write the ship. But what we've seen so far is not at all what anyone anticipated and wanted to see. And, of course, everyone in that building is far more upset than you are back at home about what is happening because it's their job. Of course, you care about the Panthers. That's important. But those guys put in all the time and effort into trying to win games on Sunday, and they keep coming up short. So no one is more frustrated than them. I always hope people try to keep that kind of perspective that, yeah, we're fans. I cover the team, whatever. But still, understand that, yeah, they're as pissed off way more than you are as I sit at 0-3. And there's still a chance to turn things around and to turn this into a season that is not a complete dumpster fire like it's looked at times through the first three weeks of the season as the Panthers fall again on Sunday, 37-27 against the Seattle Seahawks. I always like to look at the snap counts and see what I can take away from those on Sunday. And I got to take away from what we saw from receiver, in particular one guy that People talk about all the time as being a game changer, but clearly the staff does not view him as that. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been betting uh, against the Panthers... You've probably been winning. If you've been betting uh, for the Panthers, you have been losing. Either way, 
you've been getting $200 in bonus bets over at FanDuel. So go ahead and do that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action than, of course, right now as we enter into week four of the NFL season. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Let's take a look at some of the snap counts for Panther players on Sunday afternoon in that loss to the Seattle Seahawks. And looking at it, uh, First takeaway, really, when the game started was Calvin Throckmorton, who the Panthers picked up off of waivers after roster cutdown day uh, last month. He started at right guard. We did see him replace Cade Mays later on in that third quarter of the game on Monday night against the New Orleans Saints. And the Panthers said, oh, well, we wanted to get Cade and Calvin Throckmorton snapped out. Okay, yeah, okay, dude. You, you guys wanted Cade Mays to work out at right guard back in August. It didn't work out. And that was Zavala who took over. Then once Brady Christensen went down, you're like, okay, let's move Zavala over there next to Icky since they had played together for a grand total of five games at NC State, but they had all those practices and whatnot. So let's move him over there and give Cade another opportunity. And again, it did not work out for Cade Mays at right guard. So they went with the veteran player, Calvin Throckmorton, who played with the Saints, has started many games here in the NFL. He played all 79 snaps at right guard on Sunday. Uh, and also no update on Austin Corbett. Frank Reich says he always looking over there to see when he's ready. And I bet he is because right now they got a problem there uh, with the interior, especially on the left side at left guard as Zavala has not been good. Went over it earlier. He has a 27.6 PFF grade through two games. Throckmorton has a 58.8, but he has experience. I'm wondering that what will happen when Corbett is ready. If Zavala keeps playing this bad, then you need to maybe give Nas Jensen an opportunity. I don't know, maybe even bring Justin McCray uh, up from the practice squad and let, let him start as he's a veteran. He didn't look good, and I would rather, yes, have a young player out there uh, learn and grow and develop, but if this is the performance you're getting, if you're getting a zero passing grade from Chandler Zavala and he's not helping you in the run game, I just don't know how you can play him. No, I, uh, development's great and all, but this is just a situation where it looks like the Carolina Panthers need to give somebody another opportunity. And I'm wondering if Rockborn, if he continues to play well, do they then move him over the left guard and then have Austin Corbett play right guard whenever Corbett comes back? Because it does not look like the Panthers can continue to play Chandler Zavala based off of how he's performing in the first three weeks, especially how he performed on Sunday afternoon in that loss in Seattle. Uh, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen. 
played 44, oh, sorry, 94% and 92% of the offensive snaps respectively. Um, so that's good to see that your top two receivers out there. It wasn't like that a ton more options concerning the injury to Jonathan Mingo, Terrace Marshall, who stepped into that wide receiver three spot. He played 49 snaps, which is 59%. Lavishka Chenault, we talked about it, maybe get him more involved in the run game, in the pass game. He played 11 snaps for uh, 14% of the snaps on offense. Uh, they clearly do not view this guy as a game changer. We heard about him lining up in the backfield and all over the field. There's been talk, well, he has a Debo Samuel traits, yada, yada, yada. Y'all saw how much money Debo Samuel got. Levishka Chanel not going to get half of that. He, he, he is he even going to get a quarter of that 20% of what Debo got. He's just not, they do not view him as someone who's a difference maker. If they did, he would play more than 11 snaps. That's just the case. He made a couple plays last year. Um, in my opinion, it was more bad tackling and bad defense than LaVishka Chanel just being this game breaker. You would think that they maybe try more with him just because, hell, why not, especially after the first couple weeks. But it's clear that this is just somebody who they look at as just another guy on the roster, and they don't even trust him to go in and be their number three receiver when John Domingo goes out. So, there you go. Uh, Miles Sanders had 51 snaps. Chuba Hubbard had 27. I'll say it again. It just Sanders has not been nearly effective enough to not give Chuba an opportunity. Yeah, I think we kind of do going into this thing that Miles Sanders would be a three-down back. But based off of just how he's performing, how Chuba looked, when he got an opportunity, you would think that they would maybe want to mix things up as that's what typically most teams do nowadays. They don't just have one running back they rely on, that they like to use multiple guys, which is part of the reason why running backs – uh, don't get paid a lot of money. Miles Sanders is one of those who did get paid. So, yeah, you got to utilize him. But also, man, maybe try somebody else out. Uh, looking out on defense, Dante Jackson and Von Bell, they played the entire game, all 75 snaps. Troy Hill, who had to come in and play corner when C.J. Henderson went out with that ankle injury in the first half. He played 64 of the 75 snaps. That's 85%. Derek Brown played 62 snaps after playing 95% of the snaps in the first two games against the Falcons and Saints. A heavy workload for Derek Brown, and that is a concern. When you look at some of the D-lines out there in the NFL, the Saints have some guys that can rotate. The, the Seahawks have guys that can rotate. Right now, the Carolina Panthers, Nick Thurman played a decent amount, so LeBron Ray, but they just do not have the depth on the defensive line, and I just get, I get concerned. And Frank Reich, he, he was asked about it, and he said, hey, this is football players. They want to do. They want to play every snap, I, and I get it, dude. Man, 17 games, physical sport. You, you maybe want to try and keep your guy a little bit fresher if they have the opportunity, but right now they've been losing. They haven't had the opportunity to do that. So we'll see if that changes and if they bring somebody in, which I still think they should try to bring somebody in on the defensive line just to give Derek Brown a little bit of help after he's having to carry such a load through the first three weeks of the season. Jeremy Chen, who only played 35% of the snaps on Monday, it's going to fluctuate based on the game playing, based on health. He played 58 snaps on Sunday, um, 77% of them. Sam Franklin, who came in when Xavier Woods went down, had 56 snaps and 75% of them. Uh, Deion Jones, Kamu Grier-Hill, uh, Jones played 52. Grier-Hill played 50 on defense, 18 on special teams, which probably is why the Panthers didn't want to start him there at linebacker. But that dude's played way too well so far. And if Brown's going to play a lot of snaps, you're going to have Jackson Bell out there. You might as well have Kamu Grier Hill. And especially when you have Deion Jones back there to help out as well. And Jones played one special team snap, by the way. Um, I just I think they need to get the guy in the field. If Frankie's going to be out there, of course he's you know going to not. He's going to have to be on the field a little bit less. But he's going to have to be on the field more if Frankie's not out there. But even if Frankie's there, I would like to see Kamu out there more than I'd like to see Deion Jones, uh, just based off of what we've seen from him so far, dating back to training camp. Uh, Itor Grossmanos talked about him earlier. 
carving out a nice role, played 42 snaps. Justin Houston played 37. Amari Barno played 17. So that's a quick look at the snap counts and how some of the guys performed on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where I will be back with you on Wednesday tomorrow to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.